Konnichiwa and welcome to day four episode of the Tokyo's 2020 podcast. I'm joined here by Tom Murphy. Tom, how are you doing? Good, thanks, Oliver. And of course, Alex Van Anholt. How are you, Al? Good, thanks, Ollie. A bit of a back to reality that after a weekend binging the sport and back to working, but managed to sneak in a few of the events. That was, that was good to see. Just a few. Just a couple, yeah. I really hope the uh, your work didn't get in the way of your Olympics watching, Al. Uh, mate, I'm a consummate professional, as you know. So, no sickies, so no sickies to get through this Olympics like last time. <laughs> For those who aren't aware, um, in 2016, I was living with Al during the Rio Olympics and he um, took full two weeks of sick leave to park up on the couch and watch it. Anyway, we'll move on to our opening question today, which comes from our listener. Um, g'day to Mitch Whiteley from Geary. He's written in and said, G'day, lads. Enjoying the podcast. I have a question that you may or may, may not want to discuss on the podcast. Have any of you found that some of the Channel 7 commentators are very subpar with their facts and tend to come off arrogant when speaking about the Aussie athletes? I've found in the first couple of days of competition, the commentators seem to think that they will win before the race or event is actually over. Rather than building the athlete or team up and giving their backstories, trying to get the public to get behind them, they tend to do this post-race or post-match once they have won or lost. Call me a sporting tragic, but isn't the Olympics a perfect event for the underdogs to beat the odds and win? Maybe they should be listening to something like the Tokyo's 2020 podcast and build up the athletes. Regards, Mitch Whiteley. Interesting, interesting topic there. Did he actually say he enjoyed the podcast or did you just add that in? No, he did. <laughs> and he actually added the last bit about um, they should be listening to us, which I agree wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, I, look, I guess, yeah, I think it's probably um, something that's consistent across all our uh, sporting commentators, whether it be kind of rugby or rugby league. I guess any time we're on the international stage, it seems like we kind of overinflate our chances a touch. I think particularly for us that like we've all grown up being accustomed to watching a lot of cricket and, you know, you kind of cricket commentators do it quite well where they don't talk people up too much um, with fear of, you know, in bringing on the commentator's curse. So I guess maybe we're just used to that and being a little bit more subdued. But I, I know exactly what Mitch is talking about. I think there's definitely been a little bit too much fanfare around some uh, athletes and it just builds up, I guess, unrealistic expectations sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I can sort of sympathise with the commentators around, you know, there's an expectation that we're a really good sporting country and we should be winning as many goals as, as possible. But yeah, the Channel 7 commentators and the coverage itself left a lot to be desired. Um, so far, um, you know, changing the channels with big events on and then the apps been a bit, how you going? So pull your head in channel seven. I think you said it perfectly the other day, Al, when you said there's 25 million people in this country and somehow we're stuck with Luke Darcy hosting the uh, the main events of the swimming. Yeah, really- Luke, Luke famously played over 300 games for Western Bulldogs, never won a flag and then retired and then a couple of years later, the King Bont and uh, Bevo delivered the goods. So, Right. Well, we may as well get into the nitty gritty. So um, we'll go through a recap of today's events for all those who might have missed something. Uh, started off early with the men's triathlon. Our um, great hope was Jacob Bertwistle. He finished in 16th. But it was a huge shift from the Norwegian Christian Wammerfelt, 
You've got a massive victory. Tom, how'd you see that one? Yeah, I only read actually a couple of hours after that um, Jacob, yeah, Aussie hopeful, uh, broke his nose, I think, in the um, original, in the initial um, scrimmage in the swim. Um, so, because I think I saw there was a boat parked up there obstructing people and it was a bit, a bit chaotic to begin with. But full credit to the, uh, the Norwegian Christian Blumenfeld because he really took the race away um, from uh, the Kiwi and who was the other fellow that came second? Um, the Pom. Kiwi and the Pom, yeah. Yeah, um, I think the Pom's name was. Yeah, he just took it away with a couple of Ks to go. And, um, yeah, no, it was, it was outstanding. Very painful to watch too. It was a bit like what we're saying with the uh, 1500 swimming. You could, it was a grueling event, but entertaining nonetheless. Uh, the swimming got underway. Um, that was Steph Gilmore was in the first heat of the day. She unfortunately went down to her campaigns over, which is disappointing for Steph. In better news, Sally Fitzgibbon got through her matchup and she'll face off tomorrow morning against local hope Amuro Dazuki. Just for our listeners, um, S- Steph Gilmore was surfing. She wasn't actually swimming. Um, oh. just, just to clarify there, she, uh, she lost her surfing heat. <laughs> I think she was doing a bit of swimming, Tom, but... Thanks for clearing that up nonetheless. <laughs> Apologies to our listeners there. Uh, and then Julian Wilson, uh, he was up against the world number one, Gabrielle Medina. Um, he just went down in a tight finish. He had um, one wave to try and score and he had an 8.16 to get the victory. I think he got a 6.9 something, so he missed out. Um, but Owen Wright was um, good enough over Jeremy Flores to progress to the quarterfinals, so he'll go up against um, a Peruvian tomorrow, I believe, for a spot at uh, in the semifinals. Uh, the men's archery, you're watching that one, Tommy. Well, I didn't actually get to see the Aussie uh, the Aussie boys, but they did uh, They end up losing to China, the Chinese Taipei this morning, who actually went on to um, get the silver medal. Who They lost to uh, a very strong Korean team in the final. I was fortunate enough to kind of watch um, maybe a little bit too much archery this afternoon, probably an hour and a half's worth. I don't know how I got stuck watching it, but it was very entertaining. Um, and I've grown uh, to develop a strong appreciation for the sport, much like you did in 2000, Lemo. So Absolutely. Never know, I might be down at the archery range next. <laughs> Love to see it. Uh, the beach volleyball, Chris Mahew and Damien Human unfortunately went down to the Russian Olympic Committee in is it Russian Olympic Committee? Yeah. In straight sets. Table tennis, David Powell. He also lost in straight sets. So that's the end of his tournament. Taekwondo, Jack Martin got absolutely flogged by uh, Sifa Elisa from Egypt, 11-1. That was what unfortunate for poor old Jack. Um, and then the men's rugby sevens. I know we're all watching this one. How'd you find, how'd you see that, Al? It was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, it was we're down 24 nil to the Argies at one point, weren't we? Um, yeah, half time, I think. So, yeah, not great. Um, it looks like it's going to be pretty tough to qualify now. We've got face the Kiwis next. So, not sure the blokes are going to get through there. Yeah, so we went, we finished, I think the game finished 29 19 after we we're down 24 nil at half time. Uh, just poor execution from the Aussies let us down. Um, Sammy Karebi was probably the shining light. A big uh, former Wallaby inside centre looked like a like the early pre uh, 
bubescent kid running around an under-12s game out there against uh, the Argentines this morning and then particularly against the South Koreans tonight where the um, Aussies were good enough to get the job done 42-5. to five. But as you mentioned, they'll face New Zealand, which the world number one ranked side, um, they'll basically need a win to get through to the uh, quarters there, I believe. So they'll be up against it, but we'll be um, cheering on, no doubt. And now the highlight of the day undoubtedly came in the pool, not surprisingly. Um, we, we again saw uh, two medals there. Uh, the first was a bronze to Emma McEwen, uh, McKeon, should I say. Uh, so she was the third fastest qualifier coming in and um, uh, off the back of an outstanding swim in the 4 by 100 meter relay, swam well to um, keep a dream of taking home seven medals in, from Tokyo alive to finish with the bronze. Um, and then your mate, the aquatic Ben Stokes. Yes. He probably wasn't at his best today, but even when he's not at his best, he's still that good. Um, probably not the most entertaining, the breaststroke, but fair play to you, Adam. Your fog. Women's 400-meter final. That was the one we all, all just tuned in for. The showdown. Tit versus Ledeck. How'd you see that, Tom? Oh, it was a cracking race. I mean, Ledecky took it to her uh, in the first 300 metres or so. I think she, again, I'm going to be borrowing, uh, appropriating uh, Thorpey's words. And, you know, his kind of theory was that she was going to try and break her early. Um, but credit to Ariane, she just stuck with her and, um, you know, had an outstanding last 100 metres to take it home. Uh, serious race. Probably the, the, one of the best um, sporting moments i guess i've i've experienced or watched in recent memory anyway um you know just given the fact i think maybe some of our listeners probably don't know too much about katie ledecky but she won the 200 the 400 and the 800 at rio um, and she's considered one of the best swimmers female swimmers of all time if not the best so uh and and in all the ripe age of 24 so for ariane to beat her in um what's considered you know one of her best events uh, it's an outstanding achievement for the young girl from Tasmania. Yeah, I think it was her first ever loss in a race at the Olympics by Arnie. So Arnie, you're now the Terminator in my books, terminating Ledecky's unbeaten Olympic record. So get that up your Seppos. Seemed like a lovely girl too. Great family. The composure after the swim and then had to back it up again tonight in the 200 um, heat, which she qualified fourth fastest in. So. She's going to be one for the future, especially leading into the next couple of Olympics. I could see her, you know, by the end of her career with a few in the bag. Uh, men's four by 100 final. Uh, the Aussies were up against it. The US were hot favourites, as we talked about last night. Um, I think the real talking point was Carl Chalmers, who swam the uh, fastest split of the uh, race, 46-44. Coincidentally, is almost half a second quicker than the uh, 100 meter world record yeah, that's right so, yeah Absolutely. so that bodes well for king kyle heading into the um the blue ribbon event of the 100 meters he'll be his main matchup is caleb dressler yeah that, that'll be a mouth-watering uh, matchup against caleb dressel in the 100 um but yeah like the i think in in all honesty and it was a great achievement for us to medal in this um, the Italian team were pretty red hot and we had a, a late change to our own team um, there. And I, I don't know, it just, um, I think it was very impressive, particularly Kyle's leg. That was uh, outstanding, as good as you'll see. 
Yeah, it was just one word for me on that. Ominous, King Kyle. Ominous. Yeah. I'll be watching you back, Caleb. <laughs> um, so we moved on to the women's skateboarding. Hayley Wilson of Australia. You were, you were keeping a close eye on that one, weren't you, Al? Yeah, it's a bit of a unique sport. Like yourself, watching the surfing, I sort of kept an eye on this, the women's skateboarding at lunchtime today. Um, it was actually won by a 13-year-old. So I'm not sure what you were doing when you were 13. I don't think I could tie my shoelaces up and I'd probably <laughs> just become toilet trained. So that's a, a magnificent effort from Momija Nishia. Um, a unique sport, but it's, it's some great viewing and definitely brought back some Tony Hawk pro skater memories as well. Uh, we had Alex Winwood in the men's flyweight boxing. He was in the last 32, but he unfortunately went down to Zambian Patrick Chinyemba. I actually got a chance to watch this um, just by chance. And with all due respect to all competitors in the men's flyweight, it's um, quite like they are small men. Uh, I think they're like 49 kilos or something or 54 kilos. Um, like it is... It is an interesting spectacle to say the least. And the Zambian fella uh, came out swinging. I wouldn't say he had particularly the greatest skill, but geez, he um, showed a fair bit of endeavour. Um, but it was quite unlucky for Alex. I think it was it was even after after the second round, um, but the Zambian managed to, to hit more, to land more punches in the final round to take the win. Yeah, so that was Alex Winwood who lost in the uh, Olympics version of midget wrestling. Uh, the Hockey Roos in their second matchup, they uh, they got a big win over China, 6-0. So the world number one rolls on there. Um, the men's canoe slalom, that was a good watch. Daniel Watkins of Australia, ranked 35th in the world, I believe. Actually posted the uh, second fastest time heading into the final. Um, had a... Strong start in the final, was looking good for a medal, but unfortunately got caught up in a whirlpool um, and lost a fair bit of time there. So um, didn't quite trouble the medals, but he'll be pretty impressed, uh, pretty proud of his performance, I think. Um, it's got that good was... pipes on him as well. Good yeah, arm. great pipes. Big units, the canoeers, aren't they? Impressive. Well, I just think like the canoe doing the slalom, like for anyone that hasn't watched it, you know, obviously the difference between canoe and canoe and kayak is the canoe. You only, you only essentially got the one paddle and you got to change over every time. It's a very ineffective way of going down very fast moving rapids, uh, but impressive nonetheless. Uh, we had the women's laser radial in sailing. Uh, Mara Stransky, she finished 19th in race three and 23rd in race two. So she sits 20th overall. Uh, women's water polo. Al, the Aussies up against your friends from the Netherlands. Yeah, it was going to be a good result. You know, I can sort of swing both ways. Got both passports, comes in very handy and also comes in handy traveling and comes in handy watching the sport as well. Um, but the Dutch got out of the blocks pretty strongly. Took a, a really good third and fourth quarter comeback from the Stingers to, to take the chocolates. Um, so once again, another team that's looking pretty ominous in the pool. The swimming heats tonight, not all that much to report on. Uh, I think we had the heats of the women's 200 metres free. Uh, Maddie Wilson and the tit blowing a gold medal performance this morning, backed it up. They've qualified. Wilson was third fastest and the tit was fourth fastest heading into the semis tomorrow. Um, The men's 200 metre fly, David Morgan and David Temple. I don't think they'll be swimming again tomorrow. 
they didn't post their best times. Um, oh, and the big talking point of the night, the women's softball, which has just begun, the Aussie spirit versus Mexico. And I'm going to have to eat my hat because if the Aussie spirit win this, they go through to the bronze medal match or a big chance at taking home some, some a medal. So there you go. We'll move on to preview of tomorrow's events. Um, we've got early tomorrow morning, 7.30 a.m. start, women's triathlon. Aussies three entrants are Ash Gentle, Jazz Hedgeland, and our best chance is Emma Jeffcoat. Um, the hockey, the Kookaburras, they'll have a m- more difficult matchup against Argentina, who are pretty strong in the hockey normally, so we expect that to be a decent match. That's at 10.30. Uh, and then the women's table tennis. Yeah, the t- table tennis is off at 11 a.m. tomorrow. We've got a 48-year-old Jan Fang Lei, um, a mu- super mum from Melbourne. She actually got the late call-up um, for what is now her sixth Olympics. She's actually been in every single Olympics in Sydney, so rivaling the great Andrew Hoy with that um, sort of continuous run of, of being an Olympian. She's also a seven-time Commonwealth medalist, so she's no stranger to success in big tournaments. Um but tomorrow, after getting through the, the playoffs early and then sort of sneaking in some tough wins in the early rounds, she's got another tough match up against Han Ying from Germany in what looks to be her toughest match so far. So hopefully the feel-good story continues, but it's not looking great. Uh, in the Taekwondo, women's heavyweight, Rebbe Stewart is on at 11 as well. And then the rugby sevens, as we already mentioned, the Aussie boys up against New Zealand in what, in, in what is a must-win game. Um, that's That'll certainly be one to watch. 11.40, the badminton, Satanya and Mapasa and Gronya Somerville facing off in the doubles. Swimming finals, a few Aussies in the pool. Tommy, who are we looking for there? Well, we've got the women's 100 backstroke um, with world record holder Kaylee McKeown um, and veteran Emily Seabon both in the final. So obviously that's definitely one to watch. Um, you know, Kaylee seemed to do it fairly easy in her semi this morning. She hasn't qualified fastest, um, but I think she has a bit left in the tank. So that's going to be outstanding to see that. Um, and then we've got another veteran of the game in Mitch Lark and um, in our, the sole representative in the, the men's hundred meter backstroke final. So he's done well to get there. He's, um, you know, he's a good medal chance. Um, he, he'll probably, he'll do well to medal, but um, you know, he's, he's a con- consistent performer and he's done very well on the world stage. So no surprises if he does manage to bag one. The at midday we got the judo, Katharina Hakler. She she starts her campaigning in the women's under sixty three kilos. Uh, the badminton, Wendy Chen on at twelve twenty, and then uh, weightlifting women's fifty nine kilo category, Erica Yamasaki. Yeah, um, I just had a bit of a look at Erica. She's actually a first time Olympian. Um, she's born born in Darwin. She's from Darwin, and um. She's actually the first and only female to ever uh, clean and jerk double her own body weight. So very impressive feat. Um, but she'll be in a very tough field tomorrow, uh, including a formidable opponent in Kwao Sing Chun. Now, for any of our 
uh, Taiwan, or should, uh, maybe I shouldn't say Taiwan, maybe Chinese Taipei listeners out there, apologies for my pronunciation. Um, send us through an email with the phonetics and I promise to uh, get that right on tomorrow's episode. But yeah, she, the, the Taiwanese competitor is the world record holder in the snatch, clean and jerk and the total. So it's going to be a tough competition for Erica, but, um, you know, hats off to her for getting uh, to the Olympics and hopefully she um, puts in her best performance. Absolutely. Uh, at one o'clock, we've got three Aussies competing in the men's individual archery, Taylor Worth, Ryan Track and David Barnes. So that, that'll be well worth a watch. Tom will be joining them at the um, 2024 Olympics. Yeah, in Paris, yeah. <laughs> yep. Taylor, Ryan, and I'll be representing Australia in the uh, the men's team event. <laughs> at, the, uh, at one o'clock, we're back to the uh, sailing venue. The women's 49er FX with Tess Lloyd and Jamae Ryan. And the women's laser radial continues with Mara Stransky. But the one I've been keeping a close eye on is Matty Wern in the men's laser. He had a mixed mixed day today, Matty. He finished 28th in race two, but then managed to shake that off and finish second in race three. So he heads into day two tomorrow, currently in 12th. Um, the Perth local, he's, he says his idol is Michael Jordan. So he's hoping to bring a bit of that dominance to the Olympic sailing meet tomorrow. Uh, the canoe slalom. Women's K1, Jess Fox, a good chance at a medal. Um, that'll definitely be one to tune in for, tune into. Um, and then the women's mountain bike uh, is on t- on a- tomorrow. And we've got Rebecca McConnell representing Australia in the cross country. Um, 4.45. So you knock off work early, put yourself on the couch because we've got the Matildas versus US. Yeah, uh, another big game for the Tilders. It's a win and you're in against the mighty Yanks. Um, we should be qualifying regardless unless the Chinese upset the Dutch or the high-scoring Zambians can do the same against the Brazilians. Two of the top, th- two of the third-place teams are going through. Um, so a win against the Yanks would put us in second. We'd likely play the Dutch, who are above the Brazilians on for and against after a pretty tight draw the other night. Um, however, if we don't win and qualify, we'll play the winner of Great Britain and Canada. So there's a couple of, couple of tough games on the horizon, but you sort of expect that as you're getting through to the, the business end of the tournament. Absolutely. Uh, 6.20, the Opals, their first game of their, comp- their campaign, um, and they'll be up against Belgium. Uh, they're a pretty good chance of a medal, with, even without their best player, Liz Cambridge, who's pulled out due to personal reasons. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Bit disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, Very no comment from me. Uh, and big night in the pool. I um, mean, all heats, but we've got a lot of Aussies competing. Um, and that all kicks off at eight. So we've got King Kyle and Cammy McAvoy in the men's 100-meter free. Uh, Brianna Throssell in the women's 200-meter fly. Zach Stubble, Stubble T. Cook and Matt Wilson in the men's 200-meter breaststroke. So Zach, Zach Sutterly cooks a good shot. I think he could even be the world leader in the 200 breaststrokes. So be interesting to see how he goes there. Yeah, he performed quite strongly at the trials in Adelaide. But while reports that was a bit of a fast pull, I'm not sure it actually makes a fast pull. But I've got some inside Chlorine, knowledge from the, the salt content from some swimming swimming tipsters. So um, and hopefully Zach doesn't suffer the same fate as Elijah Winnington, who was had the fastest time in the world in that pool. 
Uh, men's four by 200 meter relay, which we've talked about before. And I think we are a bit of a dark horse for that one. As do you, I think you agree with that, Al? Yeah, I love the relays. It took the, and the four by 200 meters, it's like a 800 meter race on steroids. So probably doesn't yeah. help when half the countries from the uh, Eastern block are on steroids. <laughs> so, but given our, our strength in the 400 and the, and the 100, I know Carl Chalmers would be coming up for the, the four by two. So throw him in with Winnington and Jack McLaughlin. Um, and we're look, looking to be every danger there. Yeah, that's certainly one to watch. Um, and then 850, the, the Sharks back in action against Croatia. Croatia, strong water polo side. So that'll be definitely, definitely keen to watch that one with you fellas while we uh, do this pod tomorrow evening. Um, we've got a few more things on our agenda here. Number one is we're going to go through and we've had a look at the analytics for our podcast and we've, we've got listens all over the world from UK to US, France, Ireland, Australia being the main one, but we've got a listener in Japan and we're pretty keen to find out who that particular listener is because we think they might be involved in the Olympics in some realm. So if you're listening and we haven't turned you off yet, please get in contact because reach out, get you on the show, (laughs) reach out. It doesn't matter what capacity you're in Japan for, just reach out. I'd like to think it's Paddy Mills, but probably not. Kevin Durant, I heard he was a big fan. Well, he, he Googles his name. So he, might, he, he Googles his name and searches on Twitter for his name and gets in fights. So it could be Kevin. <laughs> I'm lucky on the loss last night too, big fella. Also, Ryan Russillo, if you're listening, we're still waiting for an apology. So um, send all, if you guys want to get in touch, please send through to Ozlympics at gmail.com. That's O-Z-L-Y-M-P-I-C-S at gmail.com any questions and we will try and bring them up tomorrow night. All right, lads, we'll leave on a um, lighter note with our closing question. If you could meet one athlete in the 2021 Tokyo Olympic village, who would it be? Um, I've sort of gone a bit of a different tactic. My ideal one to meet would be someone who's actually not at the current Olympics due to them smashing a, a blood vial with a hammer when the, when the water boys came knocking on the door. So that's big Sun Yang. I'd probably say him so that I could give him a right flogging for being an absolute tool. Um, I know he got his just desserts when Mac Horton famously knocked him off in the 400 free at Rio, but um, given that he's not there, I'd have to go with my main man, Paddy Mills, led from the front again last night, um, and Olympic Mills, still the best player in the world. Yeah, it's a good one, mate. I'd like to see you and Sun Yang in a, in a ring. Yeah, a bit of ursus. So the big Sunny men's heavyweight boxing. I don't reckon he could throw him. <laughs> Not that I can either. <laughs> Tommy, who have you gone with, mate? I think I just put it out there, uh, Mr. Lemke. I think we might have to um, blur out our names and change our voices because China could be after us after Alex's last comments there. At so least we might get some more views. <laughs> yeah. Any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> uh, no, look. I've gone for um, a little known, well, you know, in, ter- in terms of mainstream athletes, a little bit lesser known, um, Lasha, Lasha Tallahatsie. He's actually the, um, the world record holder in the men's 105 plus kilo category uh, in the weightlifting. He is an absolute beast of a man. He was actually the um, flag bearer 
for uh, Georgia in the opening ceremony on Friday night. He um, is a beast. If you ha- if you have some time, look him up on YouTube. Um, I can't wait till he's uh, he competes a little bit later in the week. Um, I'm really excited for it, as you can probably tell. Nice one, mate. I've just had a Google of him. He wouldn't look out of place in the Georgian front row either, would he? Nah, not. I'd say he has a bit of rugby pedigree. While we're on the topic of rugby, that's where my answer's going. But the, the man I want to meet, I'd want to meet not because of his rugby prowess, it's due to his um, ability to take out US reality TV shows, uh, UK reality TV shows, might I say. Greg O'Shea, who's a member of the Irish Rugby Seven side and a winner of Love Island UK. Um, I'd have, I have to meet this bloke because both my sisters and my girlfriend are in love with him. So I'd have to get a photo, bring him home for him, for them. And he also seems like a good fella. All right, lads. So I think that's just about all we've got time for. Uh, we'll, hit, we'll see you at the same time again tomorrow for uh, the day five preview. And uh, yeah, enjoy your Tuesday. Thanks, Sol. Have a good one. Thank you, Thanks, listeners. Boys. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Enjoy Thank your Tuesday, you. listeners.